eBay Motors es tu socio seguro. Con trabajo, piezas nuevas y mucha pasión, transformaste una carrocería oxidada con 100,000 millas en un vehículo totalmente singular. Juegos de frenos, faros, lo que necesites, eBay Motors lo tiene. Con Guaranteed Fit de eBay, te aseguras que la pieza le quede a tu carro a la primera o se te devuelve tu dinero. Y a estos precios, ¿qué más llantas sino dinero? Mantén vivo ese espíritu de Ride or Die, baby, en eBay Motors. eBayMotors.com Solo para artículos elegibles. Se aplican en Ford creemos que ya sea que estés bajo el foco de atención o bajo tu propio techo, que tengas 90 minutos o 9 horas, que estés empezando cambios o un largo viaje, fortaleza es hacer todo, como si el mundo entero te estuviera mirando. Presentamos la nueva Ford F-150 2024. Fuerza así de inteligente, solo puede ser F-150. Construida con orgullo Ford. Fuerza Ford. Aloha mamá, sorry por responder hasta ahora Estuve toda la tarde con mi unidad arreglando un helicóptero Black Hawk Hawái es increíble, luego te cuento más Te quiero Be all you can be, visitando goarmy.com diagonal español Being pregnant means being responsible for the little life growing in you And for providing your baby with a healthy and safe environment The list of do's and don'ts while you're pregnant can be very long overwhelming, and sometimes scary. But don't let this overshadow all the joy that this journey brings. Today we talk about the famous pregnancy do's and don'ts with OBGYN Dr. Ernesto Cardenas and also share what bump rules surprised us during our pregnancies. We read the books. We bought the things. We thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and changed them. I'm Karen. I'm Victoria's mommy, and I work in tech. And I'm Pamela. I have a baby boy named Ford, and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first-time working moms, we're actually pretty different. And that's totally okay. Because we both agree that our most important work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Bump Rules, the ins and outs to a healthy and safe pregnancy. I know. Welcome, everyone. I'm excited for this one. I was very surprised with a lot of the rules that I learned about mm -hmm. while I was pregnant. Were you really good um, with the rules? Yeah, I tried to be. I mean, I obviously was paranoid and I wanted a healthy pregnancy for yeah. my baby. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. little things like what to put on my face, what I should be eating, what I couldn't be eating. I found myself Googling a lot mm, about what I should be <laughs> reducing or increasing during the pregnancy. So yeah. I think this will be a helpful one. I was not that good with following rules, but I mean, in the, for the most part, I did. But I was a little bit more lenient. I was very chill the whole time. So I guess that led to me feeling that way. But anyway, in this episode, we are going to talk about things that you should be doing more of, things that you should maybe not do and avoid, and just kind of general suggestions on how to be safe. And we're also going to talk about being pregnant in the time of a pandemic and with COVID, you know, different ways and things that you should just be conscious of. And like always, you know, we emphasize, please consult with your doctors. These are just our personal experiences. We are not experts, but we do have one joining us today. But before we introduce our guests, we're going to share a motherish moment of the week. And I'll start. The famous two words that I did not want to hear, which is sleep regression. <laughs> I thought it was a myth, but apparently it's a real thing. My baby is about eight and a half months now, and he's always been a, a good sleeper. And he randomly started waking up at 5.15, 5.30. 
every morning instead of the 6.15, 6.30 usual time. And that hour is making a huge difference on me and also on him. But my moment actually has to do with how I fixed it. Of so course I you called, did. <laughs> of course you did. I, well, I think it's fixed. I mean, I mean, knock on wood, it's not 100% fixed, but it seems like the last tonight. So my moment was I emailed this sleeping coach that I worked with before and she told me, remember, the more he sleeps during the day, the more he sleeps at night. And he had I'd noticed that he was blowing these two naps during the day. So I went back and I forced him to sleep again, the 1030 nap and the four o'clock. And he woke up at 645 this morning and yesterday at 630. So knock on wood, I think I'm celebrating a victory with fixing this little two-week sleep progression. Good, good. I will be leaving Victoria with you <laughs> so you can fix that. No, so my motherish moment of the week is also related to sleep. Victoria, I think, is starting to enter this phase where she she's always been very observant about what's going on around her, but now she's being very vocal about things she doesn't like. And those things are translating into fears, which are then turning into nightmares, which... Which is a sign of... She's very smart, because she's obviously more aware and... So smart. And that's great. But also, <laughs> nightmares are really not that fun. So the other night, she's awake, screaming, crying at the top of her lungs and saying... She calls my dad Abilolo. She made up that word. My dad, the other day, wore this like big straw hat... Uh, and he was on a kayak. I guess that image was very shocking to her. And so she's like, Abby Lolo, no te gusta sombrero, no te gusta sombrero, whatever. And so here we are, 2.30 in the morning. Abby Lolo, sombrero, no. And I'm like, mama, ya no tienes sombrero. That's pretty impressive. Fine, she is, even when she's... You know, she's mad, even at 2 in the morning. Yes. So I didn't even know what to do at that point because there's nothing. So I literally turned on the lights and I was like, oh, look, there's a cat outside because there's a stupid cat that's like sleeping in my patio or whatever. Not my cat. But like, I was like, mira el gato. Whatever, she was like, oh, el gato, Abilolo sombrero. And I was like, stop. <laughs> so that was like a good hour and a half of um, parenting in the middle of the night, which was great. So now we're going to talk to our guest. Today we have OBGYN Dr. Ernesto Cardenas. He's an army vet who's been practicing for over 12 years, specializes in obstetrics and gynecology. That I had to practice that. And has delivered thousands of babies, including my very own Victoria. Welcome, Dr. Cardenas. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. So I would consider Dr. Cardenas like one of those cool doctors, So, which is a good thing when it comes to this topic because we don't want women to be overwhelmed. And I think just being pregnant itself is very overwhelming and there's a lot of things you have to adapt to. But we kind of want to highlight, doctor, a little bit of those myths and reality in terms of like, how does your life, like what's the first thing you tell a patient once you give them the news that they're pregnant? Well, first of all, thank you for the cool intro. <laughs> when, you're, when, you're, when you're an old man, you want to hear the cool oh, intro. Oh, please. So, yeah, amazing. yeah, so, you know, so the first thing I tell people is when you're pregnant, it's not a disease, right? So the first thing people freak out, whenever you're at a doctor's office, you're kind of assuming that you're dealing with doctoring stuff, which means I'm dealing with some kind of something that's wrong with me, an ailment or a disease. And I think that's, that's where, you know, you say about being a cool doctor. I don't know about being a cool doctor, but I try to be just very normal with people and talk to them, explain to them, like, listen, you're going through a normal process that literally billions of people have gone through. And this is a time that certain things are going to change. You're going to have to make do certain precautions, maybe kind of adjust your lifestyle a little bit. But it's not really like a big, huge, drastic change in your day-to-day -day like people think is going to be because you're not sick. You're just pregnant. And being pregnant is not... It's a state of a period of time where you're a little different and things different, but you're not sick. And it's a blessing. I mean, I heard you high-five Karen when you found that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to just go ahead and right here tell you a little bit how I was 
so I was trying to get pregnant for a while and then I stopped and then I was like, I don't want to have a baby. I went through that whole thing. And when I went to my regular checkup with the doctor, with Dr. Cardenas, I had stopped tracking my period and I was like, I think I might be late, but I don't know. And I remember the nurse was like, oh, when was the date of your last period? And I remembered it because I was in a hotel, whatever. And I tracked it to like, it was two weeks late at that point. So she does a test, whatever. And then she's like, okay, you're like really pregnant. You know, guys, it's Miami. She comes in, she goes, you're like really pregnant. And I was like, okay. And then Dr. Cardenas comes in and he goes, hey, we have a baby. And I was literally like, the hell is happening so but he was very cool about it and the first thing he did was he sat down I have this so clear in my memory he sits down in front of me and he goes okay maybe you're not ready for that level of excitement right now but he goes do you have any questions how are you how are you feeling and I was like can I go you were like to in shock. Australia well, you didn't want oh yeah. you're I was like I have to go work. to Australia in a couple of days he was like Okay, crazy. Yes, but eventually you're gonna need to stop traveling so much because at the time this was pre-COVID. You know. Whatever. So let's talk about the basic rule. Yes. The basic things you tell a woman once you find out that they're pregnant. You know, the first thing people ask is, you know, what can I eat, right? You know, everybody wants to Google or or Miami con la abuela, la tía, <laughs> somebody. Everybody's a doctor when you're pregnant, right? So first of all, let's talk about calorie intake. You know, Latin moms are always saying you're eating for two or this that, and the other. Well, that's actually not true at all. Mm-hmm. Like you know, first trimester, most women will lose a little bit of weight because you're nauseous. You don't want to eat a whole lot. And you know what? That baby, that little tiny embryo will grow just fine with zero additional calorie intake. So you keep the same diet. You I eat tell what them you I said, eat healthy. Eat the normal, assuming you already have a normal healthy diet, right? Then just continue to eat that. No increased calories. Second trimester, you only need like 100 calories more a day, which isn't much at all. If you think about 100 calories, that, that's it's like a cracker, right? Yeah. And then in the third trimester, you only need 300, right? depending on, you know, and it, it's just like general terms for people. So you don't really need to consume that much more food. So that's the first I tell people is like when you're talking about like oh what do I eat what do I eat don't eat too much and then two make sure you're eating the same healthy things you're supposed to have been eating before high protein low carb I tell people don't drink calories right especially if a woman's already trying to get pregnant I'm sure that's the first advice I give them to fix their diet and try to consume something healthy yep people get all worked up about you know eating uh, can I eat fish yes you can eat fish but you gotta realize what kind of fish you're eating as a general rule of thumb like when we talk about like you know like uh, fish that are high in toxins like mercury and this and that is gonna be a fish that's big the bigger the longer and the deeper a fish lives, the highest likelihood it has of accumulating oh, no. it. You know what's, well, what surprised yeah, me? Yeah. I know. Every yeah. time the cold cuts thing surprised me. The cold cuts. I didn't thing. understand until they, you know, something with bacteria. Yeah, right? like Listeria is a bacteria that people get freaked out about, about things that are like in cold cuts and hot dogs and things that are like aren't necessarily cooked to a certain degree. Like let's say like 170 to 180 degrees is like what most people will say it will kill Listeria. And Listeria, is a, it affects people who are immunocompromised. So like older folks and uh, pregnant women because to a certain degree pregnant women are immunocompromised during that period of time you know if you want to eat a hot dog if you're pregnant by accident you ate a hot dog at the cookout you're probably not going to die you're probably okay now if you're in the habit of like eating cold hot dogs from the refrigerator as a midnight snack every day while during your pregnancy probably not a good idea and cold cuts in general I tell people you know kind of be careful try to limit them but it's not the end of the world if you ate a sandwich no I mean and I think the point of this episode is also so that women enjoy their pregnancy without stressing so much I for some reason became very very obsessive with whatever product I put on my face I love cream I love like the routine.
routine, the night routine, the morning routine, you know, anti-wrinkle this and I don't know what. And then I realized, I don't know if it was my doctor. I don't even think my doctor was. I think someone, one of my friends was like, hey, by the way, be careful what you're putting on because there's certain things. And I was like, what? Until I found a page that literally, I think it was a mom. I forgot the page. I'm going to look at it. It's one of those pages where I guess this mom had gone, made it her copy to go into each line and tell you out of that line, which products are okay and which ones are not because of certain chemical in it. So that for me was a biggest surprise because I was like, what? Like, how could that really affect my embryo? She right? sounds like a fun patient to have a conversation <laughs> with. <her. laughs> you know, here's the beauty of it. So the majority of things that we put on our skin, from shampoos to hair dyes to creams and so forth, are really absorbed in minimal marginal amounts into your body. You can literally go into a store and buy anything that's over-the-counter, non-prescription stuff, right? And the chances of you harming your baby by you applying that to your skin or hair is pretty much zero. Now, when you get into like things that are prescribed, like let's say people with acne, like retinoic acid, you know, that's an excess in vitamin A, which can actually affect, you know, the baby's eyesight because that should be associated with blindness and so forth. Again, we're talking about extreme amounts, but but these are things that are prescription products. That's why most dermatologists will tell you, hey, I'm going to give you this. Are you on some kind of birth control? A very common thing I have patients come in here. My dermatologist told me to start some kind of birth control because I'm starting XYZ treatment. But in general, like cream stuff from, you know, the different name brand, hydration creams, they're safe. They're okay. Dyeing your hair is okay. Say that louder. Dye your hair. <laughs> you know, you don't have to walk around with raggedy hair looking all busted for nine months. You know, yeah, 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 you yeah, can yeah. tune up your hair however you want. It's okay. What are some of the things that they should be doing more of? You know what? Exercise. I think exercise is great. So, you know, I get a lot of patients who are, they get freaked out and they say, oh my God, I'm pregnant. I guess I got to just quit the gym or they were kind of working their way up into an exercise program. Like, yeah, I don't want to do this. Uh, you know, it's not safe. You can do it. Absolutely. I have a lot of patients who are athletes, professional athletes, or people who are in one way or another involved in something that's a sport or something. And I tell them, continue it. And if you're, you know, if you're starting, uh, obviously under the, the, no extremes, if you've been a couch your entire life and now I'm pregnant, I'm now I'm going to go and run a marathon. Right, right, right. Yeah, you got to take it easy. But, uh, you know, and you're never wrong with doing low impact stuff, but even high impact stuff, depending on what degree of condition you're in, you're okay. You're okay to do that. I love working out while I was pregnant. If I'm not just physically, but mentally and emotionally, for me, it was like, it's, it was hot. It's, it's like a big relief, it. you know, a release of a lot of But my mom was very worried. She's like, oh my God, I think you're working out too hard. Take no. it easy, you know? And for example, like moving something or like, and people no, actually go into early labor from like You can do lifting squats, you can do weights. I do have one patient though, I do remember a couple years ago and um, she was a marathon runner and she's like 37 weeks pregnant. And I was like, ah, you know, probably kind of chill out a little bit. And she asked me, can I go to the Miami marathon and run it? I said, don't do it because I mean, you can actually go into labor. She was already a little dilated, 37 weeks. And she said, okay, I got you. I promise I won't do it. Kind of like when Karen told me she's not going to go to Australia. And I'm watching the news and she's on Channel 7 News and they're interviewing her at the marathon. Like, oh, look at this pregnant lady running a marathon. So there's some things that, yeah, kind of back off. But in general, you're okay. Right. Also, if you had high risk, Every case is different, obviously. Correct. Ask your doctor. Your doctor will know you. He or she will tell you, hey, you know what? I know your case. This is what you can and can do. But as a rule of thumb, in general, most healthy women on complicated pregnancies can continue doing their uh, exercise. How about sex? Go for it. I mean, it's like, you know. It's <laughs> Should like, you increase that also? <laughs> no, well, Physical activity. Uh, again, it goes into the whole thing. Like every case is different. There's some women who have like placenta previa, you know, low-lying placenta, some other issues, you know, cervical incompetence, et cetera. Those are things that you don't want to stimulate anything 
vaginally. So it will tell those folks, hey, unfortunately, you cannot have sex. But if that's not the case, ask your doctor. And your doctor will say, yeah, you're fine. You can have intercourse. As a matter of fact, towards the end of pregnancy, where now we're going the other direction, like we actually want you to go into labor. One of the number one things that I'm proving to actually work, aside from all the nonsense that you hear online, is actually intercourse. Having sex will actually help you increase the chances of actually going into labor when you're near term. En Ford creemos que ya sea que estés bajo el foco de atención o bajo tu propio techo, que tengas 90 minutos o 9 horas, que estés empezando cambios o un largo viaje, fortaleza es hacer todo, como si el mundo entero te estuviera mirando. Presentamos la nueva Ford F-150 2024. Fuerza así de inteligente, solo puede ser F-150. Construida con orgullo Ford. Fuerza Ford. Aloha mamá, ¿dónde andas? <ríe> Seguro de compras. Tengo mucho que contarte. Hawái es increíble. He estado de un lado a otro comunidad. Todos son súper talentosos. Ya reparamos otro helicóptero Blackhawk y oficialmente formamos nuestro equipo de fútbol. Para la próxima te cuento cómo voy con el surf y me cuentas qué te pareció el podcast que te compartí. ¿Ok? Te quiero mucho. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. When something happens to your car, you might say, No! My car! But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. What about people who have a very specific vision and plan for labor and everything? Because this is another memorable thing that I have with you. Birth so plan? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yes. What are your thoughts on this? Because, so for example, I remember there was one point, I don't remember at which point in my pregnancy, you were like, so what's your plan? And I was like, well, I don't have a plan. And I think you were like, okay, I'm gonna tell you. There's certainly, there's a balance in life, right? And pregnancy is no different. And I think that it's a careful balance because one, you know, you kind of have a, in the day of today, where, which is a great thing, the autonomy of the patient, right? Th those days of the paternalistic, I'm a doctor, I'm gonna tell you how to do things. Thankfully, thank God they're gone. At least they should be gone, right? I don't even wear a white coat in the office because it's a symbol of authority and I hate it. The only times I wear it is when I'm cold or if I need pockets to put stuff, right? But other than that, I don't wear a white coat because it creeps people out, it creates a distance, right? Barry, you gotta communicate with your patients. You gotta be able to say, okay, what do you really want? And sometimes patients are afraid. Sometimes patients want things that are kind of crazy out there. Sometimes you have a patient who's like, I don't wanna have a vaginal delivery. And now you gotta have the C-section talk with them or vice versa. Some women are completely like, under no circumstances, I wanna want a C-section. And sometimes you just need a C-section and so forth and so on. So it's a matter of communicating with your doctor. So what is um, a Birth plan and when should a woman start considering? Man, what so the let's talk about is. a birth plan. So you want the doctor so answer or you want the podcast someone, answer? I remember that my friend was like, you know what my birth plan was to get this baby out safe. Yeah. That was my plan. Yeah. But yeah. there should great, be more than yeah. a plan. Like right? I said, I always say you want the when I sit my patients down and they say, hey, let's talk about my birth plan. I say, man, do you want the doctor answer? Or you want like, hey, I'm saying that chilling. We're having a glass of wine. Answer. You got to be real with people. A birth plan, what do they, everybody do? They go online, they Google birth plan. Cool. There's a page that comes out with a little click boxes and you click, 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 click. I print it out and I show it to my appointment. Doctor, here's my birth plan. This is what I want. 99% of the things that, well, 90% of the things that are in your birth plan that you clicked are already going to be automatically done. 
skin to skin when the baby's born. I want my husband or my partner to cut the baby's umbilical cord. Delayed cord clamping. Like I want to wait till X amount of time. There's um, episiotomies. You know, I don't want somebody cutting my vagina to get a baby out. You know, routine episiotomies, they went out of style a long time ago for good reason. But there is sometimes where an episiotomy will actually- Okay, but it's good to know that the mother has the choice to yeah, make these decisions, absolutely. right? So I think so, it's important for them so, to know that they- But sometimes the moms are so freaked out because they think that they have to voice a lot of things. And it's good that you talk about it, but just be aware that half of the things that you think that you need to tell your doctor, your doctor, if you're practicing in a modern place with modern people with half a brain, are gonna actually already have that in mind for you. When you're too rigid in your birth plan though, it's something about like Murphy's Law, it's almost the opposite oh God, will happen. Yes, I was so obsessed with a vaginal delivery. You ended up with a C-section. Yes. Can I and tell I was you something? So I still have, I mean, I still talk about it all it, the time that I feel like I had to justify myself. Oh no, but I was only C-section because I waited too long. Blah, blah, blah. Like, like I was heartbroken. I don't know why, but it's almost like, it's like you jinx yourself. And people who show up with that 20-page birth plan for a vaginal <laughs> delivery are the ones that are going to end up well, going to the Well, I consider a home birth for like two seconds because I had a pandemic baby, right? So with all the limitations, I started getting, um, and again, I had a doula that I did like virtual classes with and she ended up doing actually my placenta pills, which we haven't talked about because I know that's a very controversial <laughs> also. No, we're going deep today. I know. <laughs> but she was amazing. And for like a split second, I consider having a home birth because the fact that I wanted more people with me during the birth and I couldn't have it because of the COVID, then I ended up in the hospital with a C-section. Let's talk about COVID. Are women more paranoid now than they were before? What's the message to them? Well, here's the thing. So on one side, women, like I mentioned earlier, are kind of sort of immunocompromised, right? You're more likely to get a cold when you're pregnant when you're not. But when we look at COVID as an, in general, right? When we talk about high-risk group, yes, women are a higher-risk group and they, they actually fall under it. But still women are, who are women who are pregnant? They're reproductive age people that are healthy enough to get pregnant and stay pregnant. We got to also be realistic that their risk, yes, they're a higher risk in general population, but they're still way less risk then we compare them to elderly, people who are diabetic. Now, obviously, if you're a pregnant woman that has multiple comorbidities, well, there's something different, right? Then you're a different category. Most pregnant women will fare very well if they were to acquire COVID. And I've had several patients with COVID, several of them. Only one actually has been hospitalized, and she was only in the hospital for a couple of days, and thank goodness she did great. Babies, as far as we know so far, research shows that the babies are not affected by COVID. So that's the biggest concern that moms will have during this time. We, when we ask people what they want to hear about, we get a lot of these postpartum depression and anxiety afterwards. Is there something a woman could actually do while they're pregnant to prepare for that? Exercise, great thing. I'm a firm believer in mending kind of broken relationships before a baby's born. If there's issues before you have a baby, those issues are only gonna get 10 times worse once you have a baby. When you do like the depression scoring and stuff, there's different tables and different algorithms and so forth. There's a study, a very good study, and I, I can't quote the study, but I remember from medical school and I was like in shock, right? This was before I became an obstetrician. When you categorize life events that can cause stress and lead to like depression, depression and so forth. On one end is like the death of a close relative and the same level of anxiety is a birth of a baby, which is crazy. And then that causes in a lot of people, like a lot of sense of guilt. Like I just had a baby. I'm supposed to be the happiest moment of my life. Why am I crying? Why am I sad? Well, because your whole life changed. The center of attention is no longer you 
or your partner or whatever is this baby. And, and physically, there's the science behind it lot, too, right? Yeah, the hormone level hormonally, drop, right? Hormonally, things change. Body image changes. Now you had a baby. You know, you don't look like you did before. You don't feel the same. Your relationship between your partner is different because now the focus is on the baby, not between you guys. So a lot of things, you know, so a lot of people get it. And then just the sense of not feeling so super happy or just the sense of feeling sad, that causes even more guilt. You know, it's okay to feel sad that somebody close died to you. Right? It's not okay to feel sad. That right, you doesn't have go with the narrative, right? With the normal right. narrative, like, yeah. okay, I'm supposed to be a bundle of joy, you know, happiest yeah. moment of your life, and you feel differently, then it causes double the anxiety. 100%. I'm sure. Now I'm like reviewing my whole life. Right. <laughs> but don't, don't worry, it gets worse when they become teenagers. Yeah. It gets better and then it gets or worse. So we've heard. Yeah, I'm there already. Can you give us top five? off-the-bat recommendations for anyone who is pregnant or thinking about getting pregnant and right now? One, if you're pregnant, yes, do your nails, yes, dye your hair. <laughs> Just don't do like crazy chemicals or something. Like you don't need to have like bleach blonde hair uh, <laughs> repeatedly every week. Two, eat normal food. Don't overeat because you're going to go to regret it later on in life. Adopt and maintain healthy eating habits. Three, vitamins. You know what? So here's the fun fact. Everybody stresses about vitamins, vitamins. If everybody had a perfect diet, you probably wouldn't even need any vitamins. But because nobody has that, stick to a prenatal vitamin. The prenatal vitamins was nice as that folic acid, which is part of neuro, the right, neurologic right. development. And other things in the graduated doses. Because if you take like, sometimes I get patients like, hey, I'm taking a bunch of vitamin D, E, A, K. Those are fat soluble vitamins. Stay away from those because it's going to be harmful. And those are what type of vitamins? They're fat soluble. So you have a fat soluble vitamin like D, E, A, and K in excess will accumulate to a high level because your body won't excrete it. So when you're pregnant, that can have harmful effects, potentially, right? That's three, right? Let me see, you guys, do you want two more top ones? <laughs> Go with the flow. So make sure that you have a good relationship with your provider, with your doctor, with your midwife, with whoever is taking care of you, because it makes it a lot easier when now you're making decisions or changes in plan on the fly, which is what always that advice. Trust them. After I got over the Googling, over Googling stuff, I would just text my doctor. Yeah. I mean, I built a good relationship with him and that made a huge difference and I was able to enjoy like the last months of my pregnancy because anything would happen or something. Again, I think I became so relaxed that towards the end, I was like, no, I'm not going to go to the hospital yet. I'm fine. I'm just going to be here at home waiting until it was too late and my amniotic fluid was... <laughs> I'm with you on this one because I was pretty relaxed from the whole time. But I remember I also was able to text with my doctor, but I was terrified of texting. I'm still terrified of texting him. I'm so, I'm like, hey, huh? hi, I'm sorry, excuse me. And he's like, seriously, just text me. But no, so I remember there was a point where went right before I had the baby, Dr. Cardenas came into the room. So I was induced at 38 weeks because I had very low amniotic fluid. I went in for a sonogram, which I was going to skip that day. I wasn't going to go, but I went anyway. The what causes the um, I mean, flu I mean, my kids, my water broke. And I, I yeah, no, mine. So amniotic fluid is baby pee. If you eat well and you're hydrated, you pee a lot, right? If a baby is not eating well, oh, it's yes. indirectly was, a measure of how well your placenta is functioning. That's what it is. So we don't really care that the fluid's low. We care why is it low, which means that the placenta is not working properly. And I'll share a personal tip that I got and actually made a huge difference. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Yeah. What you think is a lot of water normally when you're pregnant is like triple that. And I remember I had early contractions like, I want to say week 31 or 32. And they were like, look, you're just dehydrated. You need to drink a lot more water. So I got one of those big jars and I just kept it next to my bed. 
money made a huge difference. But yeah, that's one thing that I I wish I would have known. I generally drink a lot of water. Is that when your flu was? No, no, you can't yell at me now. (laughs) (laughs) No, I generally drink a lot of water as it is, and so I mean, I was I thought I was doing a good job, but yeah. So I go to the sonogram. They tell me the technician says, "Just hold on. I'm gonna call the doctors." My husband and I are like, "Oh boy, like what's going on?" Doctor calls me in two seconds and he says, need you to go home, grab your stuff, and go to the hospital. You need to have it's this happening. baby. It's happening. And I was like, okay, whatever. I went home, grabbed the stuff, and I was induced. And 12 hours later, no dilating, nothing was happening. Zero. No, I was like, do you know if I'm having a contraction? And she was like, you would know if you're having a contraction. <laughs> so that's when the doctor came in. I think it was like, I don't know, 7 in the morning. And you got serious. Because you, I think, it was your serious <laughs> face. Yeah, because you're generally like... Oh, like his army face? Spirited, like, like lighthearted. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like funny or whatever. And then he was like, okay, now you're going to have to let me drive. And here's what's going to happen. And that's where he said, you're going to have to have a C-section. Um, I wasn't opposed to a C-section because I also, I had never had a surgery before. I had never even been to the hospital before, ever since I was like born, except once when I had high blood pressure, but it wasn't anything. It was surgical. Yeah. But I was like, okay, sure. And the rest of it, it was just honestly a blur in the sense that like I was going, but I wasn't thinking like, you know, I walked into the operating room and the anesthesiologist, like everybody was talking and I was like, why is everybody so chill? (laughs) And then there's this moment, which is super amazing and emotional and really special where Dr. Cardenas says to Juan, who was right next to me the whole time, if you look now, you're going to see your baby. And so Juan looks up and literally, actually, I think you had to like talk to Juan before going into the OR because he was like freaking out and you gave him an alcohol pad. Oh, he almost passed out. Yeah, yeah. He was like freaking out, out, right? Really (laughs) freaking out. He was really... Juan says that he was in the the room where he's waiting before he goes into the OR and he was praying. And he was like, I was praying and I was, he was thinking about his dad that passed away, whatever. But yeah, so he goes, if you look now, you'll see your baby. And Juan looks up and Juan starts sobbing, like uncontrollable sobbing. And I was like, uh, is everything okay? Because I still didn't hear a baby cry. And I was like, why, why is he crying? But then Victoria started crying and then they show her to me. And I was like, damn, she looks messed up. She, <laughs> she looked like she had been in the, in the womb with like Mike Tyson or something. I was like, oh, pobrecita. It was super special. It was amazing. And I felt very safe with Dr. Cardenas. It was really nice. But I love how we started this episode, which is what Dr. Cardenas said, being pregnant, you're not sick. I know that going to the doctor and going to the hospital and all that kind of puts you in that state of mind and makes you probably a little bit more paranoid, but you're not sick, right? You're yeah. just in this yeah, joyful <laughs> stage of life. Of life stage. That's all it is. And Karen, I always say this, I'm like, people get annoyed at us, but we love being pregnant. <laughs> I know, no, we're the worst kind of people, right? Like people, just, we have to be careful because we know that not everybody's pregnancy is this way and it can be really hard. My mother, I think, was nauseous until the day she gave birth to my brother, like, all nine months, super nauseous, horrible. But I don't know, we had a really good pregnancy. And again, the main focus here is to have a nourishing, healthy environment for yeah. the baby. And not freak out all the time. And I, I'm a huge believer in power of the mind, right? So if your state of mind is happy and relaxed and joyful, and I'm sure it has an effect. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. Thank you so much, doctor. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. Good. Thank you, thank you. So thank you, guys. 
Thank you so much again for listening. For more conversations like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with family and friends. We would really appreciate it. For more content from Motherish Moments and to connect with us, go to our Instagram page at Motherish or go to MotherishMoments.com. Aloha, mamá. ¿Dónde andas? <laughs> Seguro de compras. Tengo mucho que contarte. Hawái es increíble. He estado de un lado a otro comunidad. Todos son súper talentosos. Ya reparamos otro helicóptero Blackhawk y oficialmente formamos nuestro equipo de fútbol. Para la próxima, te cuento cómo voy con el surf y me cuentas qué te pareció el podcast que te compartí. ¿Ok? Te quiero mucho. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Garopay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita Boost Mobile. Este abril te invitamos a nuestra feria virtual Univisión Contigo rumbo a la universidad. Conéctate virtualmente con representantes de colegios y universidades en la costa este. Desde Nueva York a Florida, aprende sobre ayuda financiera, becas y otros recursos para continuar tu educación. Regístrate para asistir y para la oportunidad de ganar una tableta. Te esperamos en Univisión Contigo rumbo a la universidad del 3 al 9 de abril. Regístrate ya en univision.com diagonal universidad.